0: Welcome, everyone, to our Sunday service. Don't need to welcome any guests, because there aren't any. But welcome to those that are on the internet watching us as well. This reading is taken from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda with commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. And this week's topic is, Did God create the universe or become it? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. The Gospel of Saint John, Chapter 1, contains a passage that explains the essential truth that creation is a process of becoming. The universe is not separate from God the Creator, but part of Him, even as our own dream creations during sleep, are figments of our own consciousness. God's is the life. God's the reality. Not a melody could be composed, not a poem written, were the melody and the poem not already there, simply waiting to be expressed. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Ego-direct desire is like static. It distorts the radioed messages of infinity. But the pristine impulse from the divine, undistorted by limitation and delusion, is the life that gives rise to all that is. As the seventh chapter of the Bhagavad Gita states, I am the fluidity of water. I am the silver light of the moon and the golden light of the sun. I am the Om chanted in all the Vedas, the cosmic sound moving as if soundlessly through the ether. I am the manliness of men. I am the good sweet smell of the moist earth. I am the luminescence of fire, the sustaining life of all living creatures. I am self-offering in those who would expand their little lives into cosmic life. O Arjuna, know me as the eternal seed of all creatures. In that perceptive, I am their perception. In the great, I am their greatness. In the glorious, it is I who am their glory. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind.
1: (laughs)
2: To begin this morning with reading from whispers from eternity demand to set fire to the forest of darkness I built a fire of devotion in the dark forest of delusion alas the fire only smoldered then thou didst come and set fire to a few of my frailties that fire quickly spread Consuming the bushes of my prickly desires, my tall, towering vanities, and the thick underbrush of my arrogance, the whole forest of my darkness is blazing, and I behold only thy light shining everywhere. I thank thee, Father, for thy help. Help me thus always. Let me open a path of light for all to follow. So, the question of did God create the universe or become it? Of course, we know the answer. He did both, and uh, it's it's important for us to uh, realize in this wonderful, incredible reading of the Bhagavad Gita that that is also our reality, and the trick is on the spiritual path to say, I'm here. How do I get from here to there? Without letting up, without being discouraged, without, you know, is it real? Can I really do that? And uh, the answer, of course, is yes. It's our destiny to become the fluidity of water and the silver light of the moon and the wonderful light of the sun. But we also have to be real about where we are right now. <clears throat> but knowing that God is in everything, because these are, these are major questions, spiritually in religion, that have been debated for hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, but a long, long time, especially in Christianity. And so to have uh, the Gita, which was written before Jesus Christ lived, state this very clearly, that I am in all these things. And in the great, I am their greatness. In the glorious, it is I who am their glory. Just shifts the reality around 180 degrees. And so, again, why do we need to shift that? Well, we're looking at things from the ego. And from the point of the ego, it's all related to me. If we find ourselves saying, I, 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 I'm no good, I'm great, whatever it is, look out, because it's the I that gets us in trouble, and it's the I that binds us to a reality that isn't real, that isn't real. We are glory, we are light, we are that, that fluidity of water. And so, but again, what I've uh, felt is that on the spiritual path, the real trick is not deluding ourselves and not feeling uh, discouraged by the length of time it can take for us to evolve to higher realities. Now, luckily on this path, we have meditation and we have Kriya Yoga, and those things really As Yogananda said, it's the airplane route to God. They really speed things up. And all of us sitting here in this room, if if you're here today, you have known these realities for many, many lifetimes. Because to come to the point where you're introduced to meditation and a path of Kriya Yoga means you're ready to find God. You're ready to really get serious about seeking God. And it is in that that we start to speed up the process some, but it also can feel like it's taking an awfully long time. (laughs) And so we want to realize Yogananda would have these little phrases and they pop up in your mind if you get used to that, you know, and you want that. And he said, the minutes are more important than the years. So the minutes meaning we need to always drop back into the reality of where we're at right now and know where we are going okay and so but along the way we can also have times when we touch on that super conscious that reality of God being everywhere is with us all of a sudden it's there we can't necessarily hold that consciousness, but at least we touch on it as we seek God more uh, deeply, more sincerely, more uh, regularly, uh, through meditation, through all of the aspects of our lives, we can have these experiences. And uh, it's interesting, I'd like to relate two of those uh, that I uh, heard the stories of. And the first one was, I was in Lake Como in 1985, and this was when Ananda was, we were just beginning our work in Europe, in Italy, and uh, Swami Kriyananda came in the spring, and he was lecturing in Italian, so it was a great time to learn Italian, (laughs) mainly because he was saying a lot of the things that he had said in all of his lectures in English in Italian, and so it was really fun because you could know, oh, I see, the word for that is this. And, and, but there was this one story that he told probably every single time he lectured that spring. And it was the story of the SRF monk before he became a monk who was a mountain climber. And we all know this story. But it was, so this, for those that don't know it, this was a man who was a mountain climber. He was Swiss. He eventually went on to become a monk in SRF. But at this point, <clears throat> he was making a first ascent of a particularly difficult uh, ascent of a particular mountain. He had always wanted to try it, and so he thought, I'm just going to go for it, solo. No, nobody to help, nobody to know what was happening. And so he got to a point where he realized... He couldn't go up any farther because he was on a ledge and the mountain went like this it went out over the abyss and then the top was up there he was very close to the top but and he couldn't go back down because it was too difficult and so there he was and he was professional I mean he was a real uh, mountain climber who had done a lot of ascents and so he thought okay I have the ability to try and so what I'll do is I'll try and I'll try and so he would try and he would naturally hang upside down and fall back down again and he tried many many times and you know we put ourselves in that own own place and you think alone on a mountain but the guy was a mountain climber so he had skill and so Each time he would fall, he'd just get a little bruised, and then he'd try again and again and again. And Swami Kriyananda, I remember at one point, I think he said, he must have tried 15 to 20 times, if you can imagine that. That is a long time to try, with probably the back of your mind niggling, saying, you can't really do this, this isn't gonna work. You You know, if you've been in situations like this, it's not easy. But then finally, on a, on a time that he tried, he said he felt a force holding him up against the mountain and he was able to do the impossible, which was to climb up and over and then, and then it was fine. He was at the top and he could easily go down another way. But I thought, why did Swami tell that story every single time he lectured? And later on, I've thought about it over the years, and later on I thought, I think, you know, when he was lecturing in Italy, it was to Italians mainly, and uh, the Catholic religion is big there, and I think he was trying to break through the thought that God is separate from us, That, that there's a separate God that is up there somewhere and us poor sinners may find some kind of salvation at some point. And I think he was just trying to crack through that, that consciousness that people had. And because he, he did, again, say that a lot of times. And so there's that. Also, I was remembering in the stories of John Muir that he also had a similar experience happen where he was out, he did a lot of hiking south of here in the Sierras around Yosemite. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of it, probably most of it alone. And at one point he describes being, uh, he, he just thought he'd go over this rock face. He thought he could, he looked ahead and he thought he could do it. And so he was, he got out about midway and he couldn't see where to go next. You have to see where the handhold is, where the foothold is. And he, and he couldn't see it. And so he was there. And, uh, and he thought, well, I have to try because I can't go back. I can't see that either anymore. And so I have to try. And he said, again, not a force, but he said, the mountainside, that, that rock face, enlarged before his vision, and he was able to see where to put the hand and then where to put the foot and then where next and where next, and he, he made it across. Um, but it's interesting just that these things can come upon us when we are living a spiritual life if we're open to them. You know, in the purification ceremony we say, the Master says, open your heart to me and I will enter and take charge of your life? Well, it depends how much we believe and open our heart and believe that that's possible, that that Master will come in and take charge of our lives, and how much we're willing to open the heart and give, because giving is the real key in a lot of these situations to open and to give. Anandi recently wrote a letter that I found deeply inspiring. It went out as a thank you God letter, but really the title of it is The Mystery of Ananda and the Miracle of Tithing. And I wanted to read just a first paragraph here. The secret of Ananda's survival has always been one simple practice. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. God is the great giver. To receive the most from him, we need to be on his wavelength of giving, spiritually, energetically, mentally, and materially. Ananda is fundamentally different from the world. Worldly people look at what life is giving them. In that world, you earn a certain amount, you spend a certain amount. It is easy to calculate. Nothing material can explain how Ananda exists today. And that is very true. And so the other part of this life that we're living is that we need to um, each in the moments, not the years, but in the moments, understand and really take part and begin to open to that divine and to give to that divine. It's not just opening so that things can come to us. It's opening in giving. And, you know, I was thinking, I, at first I thought, it's just more the the natural, you know, isn't that a, it was a beautiful letter, very well written, and really does describe what happened, how Ananda started, and how it became what it is today. Most of what we see right here wasn't here. (laughs) But, um, But I thought the act of tithing, because money is one of the three big obstacles on the spiritual path. It really is and it's it's something where it gets right in there with us it's very personal money somehow when we're living on the material plane and all of that and so it's a good place just to realize two things one how can we give but also when we begin to give more deeply As Anandi put beautifully in this letter, which is online, by the way, uh, it opens a relationship with God, a profound relationship with God. It's not about the money. It's about the energy, and it's about the giving. And I'll tell you a little story that I've told before, but it was very insightful for Pranabha and myself. So in... 1992, we had been in Texas for about three months going around to major uh, meditation groups that we had there. One in Houston, one in Austin, one in, in Dallas. And they were generating energy and wanting maybe ministers to come. And so Swami said, well, somebody ought to go down there and see what's possible. And so Pranaba volunteered us. (laughs) And so we we went down. We spent three months. We did programs for a month in each location. And uh, at the end of that, we had a retreat. We brought everybody together. And we said, the energy feels good here. And we would be willing to come. But we need to know that financially, you're willing to support us coming. And so we at that retreat at the end we just went around the room and we collected promises pledges of about $1,200 a month now in 1992 that was, that was okay it wasn't quite enough but it was enough to say you know there's potential here let let's go ahead and give this a try and we had found a little center that was inexpensive. It has an apartment to it and all of that. And so we, from here, at this time, there was a different altar up here. It was very sweet, small, and, you know, beautiful gold and white and mirrors and all of that. It was about to be replaced and put in a new altar here. And so we took the altar, we put it in our truck, We put all of our stuff in our truck we hooked up our little car to the back of the truck and we were intending to drive away in the morning well we started to drive and someone behind us was going wait 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 and we thought what's wrong so we got down to the bottom of the hill in the community there and realized that we had forgotten to take the brake off of the car and so the tires on the back had shredded completely, and we were about to drive 2,000 miles to, to Texas. And so, okay, that's a, that's a stopper. We had a lot of energy, and I said, okay, we'll go to town, we'll get the tires, we'll bring them back, we'll get them put up, no problem. You know? So we did that. We did that immediately, and a few hours later, we were ready to go. I put that part in the story, just knowing that this was a, a work that we were doing for Master, but it isn't always easy. and so so we drove and we we got there and we got the altar set up and all of that but we still didn't have quite enough money and so what we decided to do was to tithe we said you know we don't have enough master we need more so we're going to give money back to Ananda village because they were the ones that were helping us with this move and We'll know that it will work out. And so we did that, and we did that for a number of months. We arrived in August, August in Texas, if you can believe it. I'm not quite sure why we moved then, but (laughs) it was really hot. September, October, right around October, I got a little nervous. And I said, you know, Pranava, we really don't have enough money. And so I went out and got a job. And I worked for a little catering company for about a month or so. And uh, got a little bit of money, you know, it wasn't much, never as much. But, uh, but at any rate, at that point, Pranavas said, you know, we're coming up on Christmas, that's enough, quit, you know. And so I did. And then things at Chris, by that time, the momentum was going and it needed, you know, we, we were starting to generate more than the original pledges. And so it was starting to feel like, oh, this can really happen. But... I've always thought, Pranava and I both, that the, uh, the courage to tithe in the beginning, because we were 2,000 miles from here, was quite a, a new thing for Ananda to start a center that far away. But the fact that we did that, I think, really opened energy and from the divine and also from the people seeing what we were doing in Texas also opened that. Avenue for that to happen more completely. So, I would just say, if you want a more deep relationship with the divine, one be patient. It's a it's a long distance run. We all have to. We're all on that run, by the way. I really appreciated Jotisha's New Year's resolutions for how honest and simple they were. My resolution is to keep my my energy more up and open to God. My resolution is to uh, be more open and friendly to people. My resolution is to, you know, and you think, Jyotish is saying this? But I thought, that is absolutely the spiritual path. That is our path, and that's the honest reality that we are going in a direction we're all going in a direction. We're just starting from different points, but but it's directional, and so don't feel like as that man again in the one of the the um, I think it was in that same touch of light that was really um, kind of dismayed because at a New Year's retreat, Davy was <clears throat> making a resolution, you know, resolutions for the new year, and he said, "Wow, I'm really disappointed." And she said, "Why?" And he said well you've been here all these decades and you're still needing to make resolutions <laughs> but that's where for for us on this path this is a very real path this combines common sense intuition and superconsciousness. and all I'll say is you need all of those to make it because the reality is we are on a progressive directional path and every step matters And if we're not willing to take those steps, then we just divert off into something that appears to be easier, but is not, (laughs) never is. (laughs) And so also here, I was just thinking, it's, um, oh, and to finish that story, just that, you know, about Davy, just, you know if you didn't read it that uh, you know that that she said why and he said oh well, because you have to make resolutions and and one of the people working here walked by and she said oh yeah you know Davies she's you know not as progressed as the rest of us so she's not perfect yet so we have her work with the guests <laughs> yeah you know but the rest of us are perfect and and people and people think that when they come here it's not that you're perfect It's that you've committed to becoming perfect which is a big deal it's a big thing because you know what it means it means that each of us here we're willing to face our karma and deal with it to begin that process yet again but to be willing to face that no I'm not perfect and and I've got a lot to to work on and I will I'm doing that progressively oh whoops I blew it that's okay just keep going just keep going and that's a huge thing to have a a group here we're 220 people who live here at Ananda Village and various communities around the the state of California the West Coast Center in Dallas retreat in Assisi work in India those centers all represent that a very real way of looking at the spiritual life because it's unknown to people they look at you and think oh you meditate you must be really good you know really perfect no it means you're trying to become that and so always keep that in mind and really know it's a very uh, wonderful thing to be in a group like this to where people are looking when something happens in the world people look who they're gonna blame (laughs) you know who's to blame when something happens here, people look inside. Did I do something? Not, not in a negative, heavy way, but just more. We're working on ourselves. And all of Ananda, the mystery of Ananda, and the miracle of tithing is what's built this work, but it's built, more importantly, the people. And so we're all, no matter what we do, no matter what kind of role we play, it's a way that we know we're moving toward that divine and again that little example from I forget the saint that Swami met in India maybe oh I think it was uh, uh, Sri Rama yogi self-realized completely liberated who said remember it's like the nail in the board all the only way to get that nail out is to keep pulling and so our life our karma The only way to get it out is to keep pulling you don't know if it's deeply in there if it's just a little more and you're done but the only way to get it out the only way for us to resolve our lives and to be one with that divine is to keep moving on the spiritual path to keep pulling on that nail and to in places like ananda and the online support that people get, it gives you the support to do that. You're not alone, and you're not crazy for wanting God. God is the reality. And I'll end by just saying, Swami Kriyananda was asked on a radio program once, what do you see as the main problem, In the or the main, it was either the problem or solution, I think it was more the solution, for today's world. And he said, God, simply God, that you know about God, that you are working your way toward God, and that you realize that you are part of that divine reality.
1: What is is Yo love.